Hey, what's good? What's good? What's good? Welcome to Reflections of a DJ, the role podcast presented by DJ City and Beat Source. I'm one of your hosts, DJ Crooked. We got DJ Never here. Yo, yo, what up? We got Jamie the Great. Yeah. Uh, DJ D Miles is MIA once again. He's getting his always. ass fixed. <laughs> He's getting his ass fixed. <laughs> as always. Well, we got a special guest. Yeah. This is, you know, this is like part two. The saga continues. Yeah, yeah man. <laughs> the announcement continues. <laughs> the big announcement. The, the big this announcement. Is, this is uh, the big announcement part two. <laughs> With Make it official. He's very famous in New York. Yeah. Very famous. Yeah. Very famous in New York. That's right. He's one of our favorite DJs, our favorite people in the mm-hmm. world. He's <laughs> one of the most influential DJs from Hot 97. He's broken mad artists from Nina Sky, Rihanna, Rick, Rick Ross. You said this on part one. <laughs> You're being right. back. We got the legendary Cypher Sounds in the Yo, building. Yo, listen. VeryFamousNY.com. Get your very famous in New York shirt. I got, I got your hoodie. You know that? Thank you, man. Yeah, I copped that. Appreciate it. Yeah. <laughs> you get, get a size up. It's a little tight. <laughs> it's tight? Oh, a little tight. What size did you get? I got an XL. I should have got a double X. Yeah. You got to yeah. always go up. Just see it. <laughs> it runs like bait, bro. It's a little fitted. <laughs> it's a little yeah, tight. You know how like the New York motherfuckers they you know how like the New York motherfuckers dress? Well they are they are made in the West Coast, that's why. Is it? Yeah. Oh shit! Yeah, maybe they not- maybe they shrink on the flight over to the East Coast. I don't know why. They're made on the West Coast, so that's why they have like a a, a much slimmer feel to it. Yeah, yeah, yo. So on part one, we talked about yeah. a lot of DJ shit. We did. I yes. feel like we did. Oh, I feel like we didn't. No, you want oh. to do deep dive in the shit? Well, I'm deep dive in anything. Look, I I want to relive. So like me and Sife was hanging out, right? We went to After Hours, and uh, we went to uh, El Dorado. That's uh, like the, the Mexican twenty-four hour Mexican spot ne- yeah. connected to Sapphire's the strip club. Yeah, mm-hmm. and we were we were eating, and we were having all these conversations, and it's like I haven't seen Sife since this is like probably the first time I've seen him since the pandemic. Yeah, mm-hmm. so he was telling me about just you know do all the the private shows that Dave Chappelle was doing, and just like touring with with Dave Chappelle. I remember we saw your show, and you were doing a, a ton of crowd work. Yeah. And I was like, yo, where did that come from? Because it wasn't like scripted. And he was like, yo, I've been working on this shit. And like, I've been like, just like studying. But you talking shit. about with the music? No, no. With I'm the DJ? About comedy. Yeah, but did I, was I DJing when I was doing comedy, that show? Nah. Oh, okay. You were just doing comedy. Yeah, 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 yeah. We saw his comedy show at the Cellar in Vegas. And it was just super tight. He was doing like way more crowd work. Mm-hmm. And he was just working on his craft. And I was like, yo, you were like super like, like you were like crazy funny. Like Thanks. it was really, really good, <laughs> and then you were just telling about the process of how you and in, you was even working with Dave Chappelle and watching him work. Yeah, and shit was crazy. Like, yeah, I mean, I'm blessed to have the be- you know, like n- nobody's a teacher. Nobody will teach you how to do it, but I'm blessed to be around the best. The best, yeah. which sometimes is great because you're picking up all these little tricks and and uh, get to see the, the behind the scenes. Mm-hmm. But sometimes it's also very <laughs> defeating because you watch Chappelle go up <laughs> and, you, and you can't do nothing close to what he does. So it's like a yin and a yang. No, no disrespect. Um, yeah. It's like a yin and a yang of being great to be around these guys. Yeah. And then also like, I feel like, I, why am I even doing this, man? This, I can't even compare. He was telling me how he was on the on a flight. Remember, you said you was on a flight in a private, yeah. in a private jet with Dave. Yeah. Oh yeah. And y'all was talking about Biggie or something. Yeah, we were talking about um today's agenda. Another century. You know what I mean? Another song is that niggas bleed. Ninjas bleed like us. Yeah. Oh sorry, ninjas. Yeah. Sorry. 
You die, uh, we die, some shit like. <laughs> anyway, that. I was saying it in a. We were in Europe somewhere, in an airport, in a private airport, and I just start singing one line from that. No, he said something, and I and I said one of the lines from the song, mm-hmm. like as a like to respond to what he said, and he starts laughing, and then me and him just start singing the whole song in the airport. And then we we're on a plane and he was like, yo, you think there was really a Gloria from Astoria? And I'm like, there was because little C's told me, but it wasn't in a hotel that they were robbing. But like he really did have beef with a crew and there was a girl named Gloria from Astoria. Yeah. Blah, blah. He's like, yo, that's so crazy that you know that. That's that that part is real. Da 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 da. And then then we let we were only going a short flight from like Germany to Amsterdam or something. Or Norway. Germany to Norway. And then we get to Norway. We go right to the show. I do my little 15 minutes. Donnell, no, 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 not Donnell. Somebody else was opening. They do their 20 minutes. And then Dave goes on. And the first thing he says is like something about Gloria from Astoria and Biggie and Brooklyn. And he starts like elaborating on everything we said. He does like 15 minutes on it. And I'm like, how does he do this? We were just talking about this. And he already has it in joke form. Structure. Never tried it before in a foreign country. <laughs> and he just kills, bro. It's like the equivalent of like the Jay-Z uh Biggie like kind of saying of them just sitting in the studio yeah, and writing not, some shit in Not head. writing, yeah. Mm-hmm. It's a hundred percent that. And he's he's that. He's that good right yeah. now. Like normally <laughs> like, let's let's do a comparison though. Like normally a comic to work out fifteen minutes of material would take how long? I mean, everybody's different, but like, yeah, you have to like, it's not about the working it out. It's, uh, it's the trying it for the first time, it not working. Yeah. Then trying it again and again and again, tweaking it. You know what I mean? It could take weeks. It takes months, sometimes years. It never works. And then until one day you get this one line from a different joke and you're like, oh, if I put that in here, it'll work. You know what I mean? It's like a, it's like a puzzle, but he just has such a ill style that he can just kind of freestyle it you know but not he, everybody could do that but he does that often though. all the time you, you you were telling me one time he was he did a live show and he's he did like a bunch of shows during the weekend mm-hmm. and he saw like the same oh, audience yeah, the, member the mexican, yeah. the, mexican, <laughs> the mexican guy the mexican guy that's the one that we was in atlanta yeah yeah and it was covid times he remember he did um snl uh not the was it the first one? I think he did the first one when the, the first, first one, one the back. second one, the second one yeah. from COVID, like yeah, before yeah. the um the election, mm-hmm. the mm-hmm. Biden election. And so he wants to work out his monologue, but this is COVID time, so there's not a lot of places to work. But Atlanta was like, We're open, we don't care. COVID doesn't exist. Yeah. So we went to Atlanta, we're doing like seven nights, two shows a night. And like is literally the first 15 minutes is what's going to be the SNL monologue. So all of us are like, we always pay attention to the first 15 minutes because he'll ask us, how'd it go? What'd you think? I'll be like, I liked it better when you said this part first. And then he'll be like, oh yeah, yeah, I like that. And then he'll try it, right? So there's literally like a, like a mission. You guys have yes. to get this tight and the ready 15, for The 15 yeah. minutes for SNL. Yeah. And he don't need us. That's why I feel blessed that he even asked our opinion. Mm. But it's it, you know we're, he likes having his circle, his camp, and then every show is the fifth, first fifteen minutes. So we go up, we do the first show, and then we do the second show. And I see the Mexican guy in the front. He's sitting in the same seat, and I go, "Yo, man, weren't you at the last show?" He's like, "Yeah, yeah, it's, it's just so funny." And I go, 
All right, well, I'm doing the same joke, so don't <laughs> just laugh anyway. And then that makes people laugh. Right. Yeah. Um, and then uh, and then Dave comes up, and <laughs> Dave does a completely different set. He don't even do the, the 15 minutes for SNL. And that's why we're there. And after the show, me and, and this guy that, that works with him, we're like, yo, what happened? Like, you didn't, you didn't even, like, we're, when he started, we're like, oh, maybe he's going to do it in the middle. Maybe he didn't want to start with it. Right. Never did it. Then did all jokes I never even heard. And we're like, but yo. How long, though? How many? Like 45 minutes? Or? An hour. An hour. Yeah. Damn. Of shit you never heard. And you've never been heard. on tour with this dude for the past. For, I've known him since, I know Dave Chappelle since 1999, bro. I've seen a million Dave Chappelle shows. And mind you, you always will hear something new, but not when we're working a specific thing and then he pretty much follows it with the same material for that hour. And I'm like, yo, what happened? You didn't do any of the SNL stuff. He goes, that fucking Mexican. <laughs> <laughs> and I forgot about the joke I made, right? So we're like, what what, what Mexican? What are you talking about? He goes, that fucking Mexican in the front row. And I'm like, oh, the guy who came to the show again? He goes, why'd he sit in the, why'd he sit in his, he goes, why'd they seat him in the same seat? And I was, and he was upset. Mm-hmm. And I was like, "What? What? What do you mean?" I go, "You didn't, you, you didn't do the jokes because that guy." He goes, "Yeah, he was at the last show." I'm like, "Dave, we have a job to do. <laughs> You're trying to get ready for SNL." He goes, "I don't, I can't. Like that guy ruined it. He should have sat in the back." And he literally could not do the same set in front of somebody that he saw. I mean, I guess staff and us don't matter. But an audience member, he couldn't do it. But he was probably like right in the front, right? In the front row. Yeah. So in like, the same yeah. seat. In the same seat. I think that's what really threw him off. Because he was like, is this the same show? Like what? Am I that happy? But it, but it's also like he's going to see that reaction. So if he hears the same joke and he doesn't laugh, it's going to fuck with yeah, his head what? a little bit, right? I guess I I left it alone after that. I was like, yeah. "Oh, this guy, he's a sicko, bro." Nah. <laughs> I thought. See, when you told me that, I thought it was dope because I feel like we're also sensitive sometimes. But like, mm-hmm. even Dave Chappelle is sensitive. Yeah, with that yeah. shit. Yeah. So I was like, "Oh, okay." Like that's everybody then. Mm-hmm. Yeah, 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 yeah. Because no. because even if I'm DJing, I feel the same way. If I'm DJing and Never's there, or like some of my homies. I'm like they're gonna hear me do some same of the same man, shit. Yeah, so I'm like, yeah, about it though. <laughs> yeah, so like, I try to switch it up. Yeah. I, try, I always try to switch it up if I can. You Bro, know? The, the the waiters and the waitresses at the comedy cellar in New York, they hear my shit every single day, and that's how you know when you got something good and new is when when they laugh. Mm. Like if you can make them laugh, you know you got something because they hear your shit every day. It's the equivalent to the club when yeah. the waitresses yeah. dance. When they start dancing. Yeah, 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 the yeah. same mixes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's so similar though. The DJ. Well, when you find a mix that works, that's why DJ and comedy is to me is the same thing. Yeah, mm-hmm. and people can't realize it when you when I found that what's one one that I do? Uh, what's like a classic one? Uh, I like the Cardi B one. That one's working. That one. That one was funny. What's Cardi B? The Cardi B, your grandma one. No, no, I'm talking about mixes. Oh, your mixes. Like, I'm trying to think of a song. <laughs> I like that jokes. I, I like the Cardi B joke. Yeah, because he, he had a good joke of uh, uh, his grandmother and Cardi B. A, I'm trying to think of two songs that I always play together because they work so well. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. And then once it once it works well once, you're like, oh, that's it. Yeah. And then the, the reaction that, was good. Those to together. It. Yeah. And I mean, I feel it, like everyone has the, a hypnotized routine, right? Or no. 
Do you switch that That's up all the time? I have a certain thing I do, but I think a lot of people do it also. But Yeah, but you're not putting in the slick Rick, right? I used to do that. Really? I, really? <laughs> yeah. I never I did, did that. Who was the first dude to do that, Riz? I don't know. I'm not uh, sure, man. I heard Spinbad do a similar one to that, uh, one of his mixtapes alone. It's like the know. big, can't you see? Sometimes your words is hypnotized. <laughs> In the hook? Yeah. yeah they'll, then go go back. To, they'll go to the, the Lottie Dottie shit. Yeah. Right. And then go back to uh, the hypnotize. Hot. I feel like Riz was maybe Riz was maybe the first. Yeah. Could have been. I'm Did you ever have Riz on this podcast? No, he said he's down, but you know we want Eclipse too. Yeah. So he wants to come on with like Riz and Eclipse, which I think is perfect. Yeah. Because Eclipse has all that Fat Beats history mm-hmm. and all that shit. I would love to do that. Uh, do a podcast with Riz. You never, you've never done one, huh? Nothing. Nothing. He's always been like the, like the silent type. No, he, bro, I would not. Every I always I my biggest person I give credit to is always Fuckmaster Flex, but but, but I never say Fuckmaster Flex without first saying Riz. Mm-hmm. Riz brought me up. Yeah. I learned everything from Riz. Everything, every my whole style to this day is just trying to sound as good as Riz. Me too. Everything, my the way I label my record. I mean vinyl, we don't do it no more. But the way I used to label my vinyl, the way I mix, I count the thirty two. Like he would put. He would write on the records 32 CT, which is like a 32 count, which is eight bars. Right. But he didn't do it by bars. He did it by the count. So like, oh, that's 32, but most reggae is 16. So you got to start it halfway through the hook. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like I learned all of that from him, bro. Like is is I he's the he was the illest, bro. He's like a, a robot. Riz is like the first DJ hero, like. Like like idol that I met mm-hmm. that was actually cool. Yeah, he's like, super cool. Everyone else was just like a complete. <laughs> most of them were complete assholes. Yeah. I wish I was. I wish I got more famous faster, so that I could have taken like give something to Riz. You know what I mean? Mm. Like I still can like a tribute, like a like like the like mafia. They give tributes. Yeah, the, exactly. Like. Know? Like, like they do, a, they do a big bank robbery. Yeah, and then they give. Like, yeah, I wish a I could. big boss who put him on like twenty percent. Oh my god, right? I try to do that to Flex one. <laughs> I, try to, I try to give Flex like ten grand in a in a bag. Yeah, mm-hmm. oh, like shit. and like at that time, ten grand was a lot to me. But I like every time I would make money, I would put some money aside. Yeah, and one time I, I went to I had a, a literally a brown bag. With Ted Grant in it, and I try to give it to Flex, and he flipped out, yo. Whoa, whoa, he's whoa, like, whoa. what the fuck is this? What's going on? He's looking around. He's like, you, you trying to set me up? He's looking for cameras. <laughs> <laughs> so he, he put did, me on. He, he didn't take the believe. money. He took it. No, he oh, took he it. Took but it. I had to force him. I had to force him. He well, you put it, but, but you put it in a brown bag. <laughs> it was like a joke. Like, it's a brown bag. Did you throw it at him? No, I was in the, <laughs> the DJ group. <laughs> and he's like, what are you doing? What's going on? This is a setup? I go, nah, Flex, it's like, I I can't buy you no gifts. You have everything you want, and you don't even want much. I can't buy you a car, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, it's like hundreds, yeah. Yeah, and I was just like, yo, maybe, like, like just blow it. Blow this 10, because it don't mean nothing to you. But it, I'm telling you, like, I would have not one dollar if it wasn't for you. Not one dollar in my in this life. Uh, so, you know, I just want to, and he's looking around, he's like, nah, man, you can't, you can't give me cash, life. <laughs> he's like, buy something for my kids. Like, buy I'm like, what do you want me to buy? A jungle gym? Like, I don't know if you got a jungle gym. Like, I said, just take it. Just take it. Just Yo, can we can we just 
like let's just delve in this a little bit more. So you're, you're thinking you have this ten grand, and yeah. you want to give it to Flex. Yeah. Did you think about wrapping it or getting a card? <laughs> <laughs> like, or put, did you put did it in you, a box at least and wrap it up? At least a Nike like, box. You, I'm, I'm picturing <laughs> Sife like in in the drugstore <laughs> and with the Hallmark cards, trying to find the right card, <laughs> right card that would like, fit. Yeah. You ain't gonna read like no two Rottweilers together or something. <laughs> right. Like, oh shit, this is like big dog, big dog pitbulls. I think I was watching Sopranos at the time. Like everything in Sopranos, I'm like, I mean, they gotta pay it up. Wait, what was that? That was in Donnie Brasco. Remember, he got him a card. He's like oh, a yeah, friend yeah, of yeah. ours. He's like, oh yeah, oh, it's yeah, the double it. meaning. Yeah. <laughs> so you tried to do that to flex? Yeah, I tried to give him ten grand. Yeah. Wow. But I just forced him to take. I just left it. <laughs> he left just ten grand laying on his coffee table. But um, it was in Hot 97, too. Maybe I shouldn't have did it in the radio station. <laughs> He's at the station. <laughs> oh, that's why it was. Yeah. He's like, 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 like a payola or something. He's literally like, yeah. what is this? Set up? <laughs> <laughs> Yo, how often do you talk to Flex? Not much for a while, but recently we've been talking a lot because we're coming up with a, we're working on a scheme. He hit me with one of his. Flex be having the wild ideas, yo. Yeah. And he just hit me. He hit, There's a classic thing, me and all my friends that know Flex forever. There's this classic thing, classic thing that he does. He just texts you and he writes, uh, send number. And I'm like, you're, he DM'd me this time, but usually <laughs> he just writes, he, he'll, he'll email you and be like, send number. You're texting the and I'm number? Like, it's, <laughs> I'm like, Flex, it's the same number. I haven't changed my number. It's the same number. But he DM'd me this. I never got a DM from him. It just said, send number. I start rolling over <laughs> laughing. I sent it to my boy Jamal. I'm like, look what I just got. He's like, yo, I said number. We haven't gotten that in years. And then he calls me. And he just, Sife, I got it. That's how he starts the conversation. I got it. And I'm like, hi, Flex. How are you? Like, he don't do no pleasantries. It's just right to business. I got it. I got it. Where the fuck sound effects coming? Yeah, I, I got a question. Like, we, we had a recent uh, episode where we were talking about, there's a whole gen. I, yeah. I call it like, it was like in between the vinyl and Serato motherfuckers. Yeah. So the dudes that came in like maybe 2003, four. Yeah. We just realized like no one really put us on like. Where were you? We were doing like the bottle service clubs in New York. But it was like... Yeah, yeah, see, that was a transition period. Yeah. You were doing the early bottle service. We're doing like right after 9-11. I feel like everyone's like, like Yo, everything changed after 9-11. Like what clubs? Yeah. What's some of the clubs? Lotus, PM. Um, yeah, Lotus, PM, Kane. Yeah. yeah, because those clubs didn't let us fuck with them mm. at that in those times. Right. You didn't... Y'all didn't meet us. Like... Right. You knew of us because we was in the game already. And when I say us, I'm like the lower level of who you're talking about. But that time, remember, everybody looked at Flex and Hot 97 DJs as being ghetto. And then those clubs were trying to be like... Anti-radio. Anti yeah, yeah. That's what they were doing. Yeah, like, they were anti-radio yeah. for a while. And then eventually, we were like, hey, we're good DJs. We want to get in there. We're not all ghetto. And then, But it wouldn't... It wouldn't be about us. It would be about the night, right? Mm -hmm. The ghetto clubs was about us. We put our name on the flyers. We shouted on the radio. People would come, mm -hmm. right? But those bottle service clubs, it was more about the bottles. You're the yeah, girl. The bottles, right? the models. The money. Yeah, it was like, want to listen to hip-hop. The celebrities that was there. Yeah, yeah. want to listen to hip-hop, but don't want to be in the hood. But it was, a, it was a weird time because it was the first time I... 
you know, maybe I never, I never really went to the clubs, but it was the first time I actually saw like, like Sports Illustrated supermodels yeah. hanging out with like Dame Dash. Yeah, 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 yeah. And then like yeah. Aaliyah and her brother and like Mark Ronson and like I think Rashida Jones, right? Yeah, they were just running around. So it was yeah. like this weird new young era. Remember the park? Remember that club on yeah yeah on yeah tenth at no where was it was like it was 10th, like eighth avenue or some shit I think it was like tenth yeah like ninth or tenth was avenue. it around the corner from one oak around the corner yeah 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 that's the that. park yeah, remember that, that shit yeah uh huh yeah and I remember like Mark Ronson yeah, would 10th. be there yeah yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. it was like yeah. the top floor yep. yeah and Mark Ronson would be because I would go to all those clubs because do y'all know who Sherry is the that, door girl, the door girl. Of, of one oak. Yeah. yeah, like she, I know her from she's when she's like the OG door girl. OG, OG, yeah. bro, and she used to be the door girl of of Richie's first club, um, Butter. Mm-hmm. Remember Butter? Yeah, yeah. So that's yeah. how I know. To this day, we're still good friends. So she, her, and then all the security guards at those bottle service clubs were tunnel security, but with a suit. You know what I mean? They were like, "Oh, we got to dress up for this shit." Like they had to start dressing up, so they would just let me in. But a lot of radio DJs weren't going to those clubs. It seemed like it was like a different world. Right. Mm-hmm. And it was it was changing into that, but a lot of people were fighting it. So Not wait, did, so did you see our era of DJs like, oh man, these dudes are like, they're like they're not getting the paper. Like they're undercutting us. They're doing these like small lounges or like bottle service shits. Or y'all were just like, whatever. No. You know what I'm saying? It wasn't even. Were y'all mad that y'all weren't getting invited to these you know these type of parties or the bottle service clubs like that there was a yeah there was a time where they were like why are they not letting us be in those clubs i was still younger so it wasn't really me but i listened to the older djs i ain't gonna i ain't gonna why they not letting us in those clubs because when when i look at it back in the day right it was like i mean stretch was always there but like the the emergence of like mark ronson it seemed like all these bottle service clubs really wanted like a lot of white boys who could play yeah. hip hop, yeah, mm-hmm. but yeah. like mixed rock. Yeah, that's when hip hop yeah, yeah, was right. so it blew up and became so big. But then when it, you know, it it is the pop music, but they don't want the ghetto parts of it, or like they right. want some of the ghetto, the fun ghetto. They want it to be like losing, artsy. Losing the gig to um, Michael Douglas' son. <laughs> Wait, the actor? Yeah, Michael, Michael Douglas. Douglas? His, his son was in the scene. Um, Cameron Douglas, whatever. He started DJing. Yeah, and I lost it a night because of him. They was like, "Oh, we're gonna hire Michael Douglas' son because he's yeah. gonna bring out all the Bro, celebrity you know who rich kids." To, I'm like, the, the, you know who I used to like have a certain feeling towards, but we made up. But it was um, oh man, I can't think of his name. The kid with the hat, Cassidy. Cassidy. Cause Cassidy, <laughs> Cassidy used to be in Fat Beats, yeah, and he used to be asking us all these questions about DJing and all this shit, yeah. And then he starts getting these gigs and blowing up, and then he like, kind of like forgot about us, mm-hmm. and we got mad for a while. Now really? we're, we're very cool now, but this is like yeah, yeah, he was yeah, young yeah. though, but like that was one of the first he ones. He was really young though, super young. Yeah. <laughs> was he like nineteen or some shit? Bro, when, eight, 18, 18, 17, 18. Bro, yeah. when I met him in Fat Beats, he had to be like 15, 16. And he would ask Max Glazer like what records he should get uh-huh. and all that shit. You know what I mean? And then he starts blowing up, and then we're like, "Oh, we want to go to that party." And he would be like, "Oh, no, nah, I don't know." Like, oh shit! Yeah, we wow. used to be mad. <laughs> but wait, then, wait, you guys didn't get an invite because he used to have the big birthday parties. You remember that? No, by when, that when it, when he got that big, he was cool. Yeah, well, he had like New Edition. Or I, Bobby went, Brown I went to before. the one with um Belbe Devote. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, that's fire! Oh, shit. It was that's crazy. Fire. He, yeah. I feel like he definitely learned that from Diddy, though, right? Because I feel oh, like Bob Diddy yeah, yeah, was yeah. the first one to really get. Well, those but because his dad was um, 
Burt Pradell. Yeah. And Burt Pradell was like a famous Lawyer. business manager of yeah. a lot of um, artists because Biggie even shouts him out. Uh, he says, my cash with Burt Pradell or something like that. I think it's in the 112 song. He shouts out Burt Pradell. So he, um, yeah, he started blowing up and he and he started treating us a little weird. And then and then eventually we all got cool again. But him and then who's the other kid that used to do those parties? Jusky. Jusky, yeah. yeah. Jusky, remember? And uh, Jusky's like a, like a legend for me, like kind of growing up then. Yeah, but yeah. that but when the when the big clubs, there was the tunnel was crazy. There was too much fights and violence, and it was too ghetto. Right. So they were like, we not the you know the promoters like, how are we gonna make money? Like these people keep stabbing each other, <laughs> and then they found ways, you know, smaller clubs, mm-hmm. but but raising the price of the alcohol and admission. It's it's no no you go. No, I'm gonna say like yeah, people stopped going to tunnel and they started going to life. That was like the next spot yeah. during that time. Yeah. I mean, it's it just happens. You get older, you want to, you get more mature. You want to try new things. Some people stay in the hood. Some people yeah, exactly. Uh, yeah. You get a job. You 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 graduate. You want to go to more sexy things. You know what I mean? It's like mm-hmm. the evolution of everything. Of yeah. It's life. Because then after life, you it's life spa. Yeah, right. Exactly, no, what was yeah. the other one on um. What was the one Mark Ronson used to do it? It's in that movie. Central Fly. No. Are you talking about Maid? Yeah, and Maid. That, that, was, that was Spa. That was Spa. Yeah. But, okay, they, yeah. but they were also in Central Fly. They were? Oh, yeah. They were in the I think they were in the downstairs. There was Spa like was on No, the the part with Flash was DJ? That was that was Spa. That was Spa, yeah. No, Where's, but then there was, was a Spa second part where they, they were in Central Fly. Oh, okay. Because they were in the weird chairs. Oh, that's shit, right. right. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yo, that's a great movie. Like that rapper, that's the only movie. And Richie Kiva's in there, right? Yeah, yeah. He was the door guy. <laughs> yeah. He let Shriek in. Yeah. And they were dissing the China Club, remember? Yeah. He's like, why don't yeah. you go to the China Club? He's like, why? And he was like, why do I look Persian? Why is everyone telling me this China Club? <laughs> yeah, that, is, that movie is so like. <laughs> it represents that era, right? York specific. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's really good. Yeah, yeah, man. It's really funny, bro. Why don't you go to the China Club? Yeah. Fuck is the China Club? He's like, do I look Persian? Why you keep and then Screech and then Screech comes in. That yo, that made movie. <laughs> that movie represented that New York nightlife scene like so perfectly. Yeah, whoever was like the consultant. Yeah, of the of that, uh, they did a great job. I feel yeah. like they were even eating in places, and they were in they were in the Soho yeah. Grand, right? I don't were, remember. And they were yeah, making yeah, fun I of watching it. Was, yeah. yeah, they give like fish bowls to the people. Oh, yeah, yeah, the hotel. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that was the hotel. So yeah, like the it, it represented yeah, yeah, yeah. this whole New York era of, of like nightlife. You know, another movie that did that was Black and White. Oh. With Robert Downey Jr. When Tyson was... Uh, Mike Tyson slapped Robert Downey? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I never saw that. Yo, that was the first Jusky time. Was in our, Richie and Jusky was he in was. that one as well. Yeah, yeah. That was the first time I saw like Mike Tyson sophisticated, because the way he was talking and breaking the game down. Uh huh. Yeah. Because you, he, every time he, he gets an interview, he's like, the adrenaline's up. It's after the fight. Yeah. It's like I, you know, I destroyed him. I did. And then he was like, no, nah, no. Nah. The game. He was like breaking down the game, and I was like, oh Mike shit. Mike Tyson now is like a like a guru, yo. It's so crazy. Yeah. <laughs> he's like, like meditates, smokes like, weed, yeah, and, smokes weed, yeah. meditates. Like he lives like a toe. yoga life. Yeah. But it's it's. <laughs> It's because he like he was so transparent about his life. Oh, yeah, in that podcast. And then we all became well, no, no, like his whole story, like yeah. we became a part of that story. 
Yeah, yeah, we knew we knew from the beginning, man. Yeah, no, but I mean, like, when what did he do that Spike Lee thing when he yeah, did that? Play. He did that play, play about his life, yeah. mm-hmm. and that's really when people started like understanding, yeah, more about him. It's mm-hmm. like Howard Stern too. Like Howard Stern was the devil, bro, in radio. <laughs> like people thought he was a demon. Yeah, and then he came out with private parts, and then he became Opened this. Up, yeah, everyone just saw his life, and they were like, mm-hmm. "Oh shit!" Like we didn't know that shit about him. Yeah, you know, it's funny you mentioned Sherry, the door girl. Because I remember she used to do the door. Remember West 8th? No. West 8th, West 8th. It was right. It was like off. It was like around the the Grace Papaya on 8th Street. On 8th Street. Yeah. Okay. And 6th. Yeah, yeah, it, yeah. Was, it was downstairs. Oh, no. I know it as a different. Was it, it, it Elephant or Pink Elephant? It, you, well, it was Pink Elephant afterwards. Okay. That's how I remember it. Yeah. yeah. But I went there to West 8th. <clears> and I, my boys used to. I remember I used to listen to Eric LePoe DJ there. Yeah. And I used to go there. Mm-hmm. And hang out. Yeah, I think I think you're just like to the original question you were asking yeah. is like I think you guys just caught a a different wave of club. It the it, it was like a, a fork in the road, and the club split in New York. And I know I I regret my decision of going straight Hot 97 route because I was so much into Hot 97 and wanted it to do well, and and it was ingrained in me. I went all, if, if the club didn't have like Hot 97 listeners or that wasn't a part of their vibe, I wouldn't DJ there. Mm-hmm. I only went to clubs where radio listeners were super excited to see us right. and hip hop stuff like that. And I regret not being more diverse at that time. Mm-hmm. Because then when I left Hot 97, I lost everything according to, to my DJ life in New York. Yeah. Because like if you're not on the radio, a lot of the reason why they hire you is because you were shouting the clubs on the radio. Mm-hmm. So if I would have been more diverse, I could have stayed in the other world while I was doing my transition. So you were actually turning down gigs that wasn't related to Hot 97? I wasn't really getting offered, but I didn't even, I didn't go attempt to get them. Interesting. Like some people did. Like right. Enough, Camillo, mm-hmm. you know, they was, they was dipping their foot in the like, they were like, these clubs ain't paying as much but we know we should be part of it. And I was like, fuck them clubs, man. We about Hot 97. That's it. That's for life. Well, oh, I got to go? So, oh, I got to leave? Oh, damn. I fucked up. <laughs> <laughs> right, so what, what clubs were you, what you doing outside of Tunnel? You was doing like Cheetah? Speed, right? Well, Tunnel, yeah. The early days, yeah, I was doing Speed. Speed was where like I really made my name. Mm-hmm. Um, Cheetah was good. Uh, Palladium, Limelight, all those clubs. And then... Um, I, could, I could barely get into these spots, man. While you were younger? Or? I was like 19. Uh, I had like a, a fake ID. Yeah. <laughs> and I was sneaking um, into this shit. Uh, club Exit? I did Exit. Mm-hmm. Um, were you at Envy? Envy. I did Envy. I used to do the basement in Envy when Flex was upstairs. I used to play reggae in the basement. <clears throat> um, Which is your favorite spot? That you like, you just tore it down every time. Speed, speed, yeah. Speed was the one. The tunnel was the tunnel was my boot camp, and then speed was me being deployed into the trenches. Mm. You know what I mean? And then Mr. C got a hold of speed, and he just took it over. But I would do <laughs> Saturday nights. It was me, and it was opening for Duop. And then if Duop didn't come, I would be the main DJ, and then C would do Sundays against the tunnel and then the tunnel closed down and then everything just went to speed um but cheetah was good um i remember i remember clubs i remember hearing you at speed and i didn't know the effect that the that drop the bring it back 
He had this dope drop he would do on the radio. Like, rewind it. Pull up. The pool. Oh, yeah, pull up was bad. It was big. But I heard that, like, live for the first time. Yeah, and it was like crazy because the whole room went pull up. Yeah, that, that I made. What I did was I I found <clears throat> I found dance hall, and then I basically took the dance hall style and applied it to hip hop, mm-hmm. and that's what separated me from all right. the other DJs. Mm-hmm. I had a different energy. Like I was talking more. Right. I was playing sound effects. I was stopping records like the way they do in reggae clubs, mm-hmm. and it made it gave me a new energy. Yeah. So like if like for example for like you know the, the new generation that doesn't know what we're talking about, like Syph would be in speed. He dropped the biggest song, and everyone would like erupt. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then he'd rewind it back yeah. and play this drop that was like, rewind. If you want to hear that song again, somebody say pull and every, the whole room would erupt. Good, yeah. Pull up. And people would be like stomping yeah, and yeah, cheering. Yeah. And then you start it and again. And he'd drop it. And then yeah. he might rewind it again. Baby, it depends, yeah. Yeah, and then drop it again. And it was, and I remember being there and I got shivers and I was like, holy shit. Yeah, that shit was wild. That's my favorite shit. <laughs> that's, that's, um. But now they're doing that shit in like boiler room sets and stuff. They're like rewinding it back, but they're not doing the pull up thing, but they're, it's like they're bringing yeah, that's it back. Just, yeah, that's a that's just a Jamaican style that right. has become ingrained in mm-hmm. in the DJ culture. And a lot of UK DJs carried that on. So when they when they do DJing and they, they would do that. Yeah, the connection between Toronto, Miami, New York, and the UK is Jamaica. Mm-hmm. Jamaica is the 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 thing that spread out to all those different places. So like you could we have shorthand language with those people from those markets is where it comes all comes from jamaica do you ever watch top boy yeah of course i watched top boy before it was before it blew up on original one the og i got dvds top boy oh shit damn let me not let me come on this is that's how i got in trouble with the nigerians (laughs) yo all this uk shit i've been on the uk since 1998 bro yeah you put me on uh i've been trying to break uk yeah i i listened to i think it was a juan app or something but you you were talking about stormzy like in 2012 yep i that's how i found out about Stormzy. i've been on all that shit i never get my credit (laughs) you didn't get your credit i gotta come to the roads podcast to get the (laughs) (laughs) is that what Roge 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 yeah he always fucks yeah he always fucks reflections of a DJ Roge reflection of a D yeah of a DJ Roge Roge I think it's Roge I think you guys are fucking it up we are fucking it's the Roge podcast yo yo can you tell can you tell us how you uh, how you kind of put Louis CK onto some game like you You told me you co- you corrected one of his jokes or some shit. I did. Yeah, yeah. He was doing a joke. Remember, this is during the this is during the pandemic, and Louis C.K. was performing with like Dave Chappelle. He's like yeah. doing a slot. It was at the and he the, did a joke, and you like you kind of pulled him aside. You told crazy. him like, "Yo, you should do it like this because I don't even remember. You don't remember? I remember saying that. I don't remember what the joke is. And they was filming the documentary, and you were like, "I hope that makes it into the documentary." Oh, yeah, no, I didn't make it. <laughs> do you remember? Wait, I told you that. Yeah. Oh, what was the joke? Because it was like it was something about it was either about hip hop or it was about something about Puerto Ricans or something. I don't remember, bro. But it's funny you say that because when they were editing that movie, yeah. The director told me, he said, yo, you got a big scene with Louis C.K. where you're telling him how about something he said and like, you know, you reworded it or something for him. Yeah. He's like, it's a big scene. It's like, it's the moment in the film where it, the, mom, the movie gets a little sad about COVID and then we jump into like 
Dave Chappelle making it a party. Mm-hmm. So it's like right before the jump of the movie. And I was like, oh, that's crazy. He's like, yo, you're going to get a lot of love on this. And then Louis like, I don't want to be in the movie. <laughs> Damn. <laughs> so, so, my, so he said, and Dave said, he t- Dave told me, he told me, he's like, nah, it's good for everybody's in it. You know, Bob Saget and, and, and all these comedians that yeah. came to the, to the, to Ohio, to cornfield yeah. to do shows when the, when the country needed it. He's like, nah, I don't want to be in it. But it was a bad time. For him, for him, for Louis, yeah, yeah, and because so my that- whole shit just got. <laughs> oh man, because he was. <laughs> I'm in the movie still, but not yeah. not as good as that part. But it's like we were talking about, like imagine the scene, and I think when we were talking, we you didn't know if it was gonna get taken out, or you did know it was gonna taken out. No, I didn't know. Yeah, we didn't, no, didn't know. know. Yeah, so was he like, was amped. He's like, yo, and I was like, yo, imagine the I scene. Remember the joke though <laughs> that he's with it, like he's talking to a comedy legend right now, right? Mm-hmm. And he's like kind of working the joke with him. Yeah, and I was like, that's kind of crazy. Oh, was it white cops controlling black people, right? And he goes, now it's all these white people um, fighting for Black Lives Matter. So what they're doing is they're putting the black cops in the front. So it's still white people yelling at black people. <laughs> no matter which way you turn it, white ladies are going to be yelling at black men. And like, but it's, it's something he said about it. And I, I said, what if you said it like this? And he's like, oh, that's good. But then it didn't make, then, yeah, it, didn't didn't make, make it. it. Well, now at least it's, it's, at least uh, it's out there. documented yeah. now yeah. <laughs> on the Roach podcast. The Roach. Roach. <laughs> well, I, I kind of wanted to like talk about, you were saying that you ad lib more. Like how you do, what is it called? Crowd work, right? Oh, yeah. You yeah. did more crowd work, but you kind of learned from Dave Chappelle to like just kind of fuck around. Oh, yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, because so you do, you start doing comedy and a lot of people are scared to start because you're sc- so scared to bomb. Right. Mm-hmm. So a lot of people do comedy and they go, I'm not going to try it until I know I won't bomb. And that is the wrong way to look at it. It's like you have to bomb to get good at comedy. It's almost like DJ. Same as DJ. Same. Except the only differences that I feel is like I remember some nights I'd be DJing and I'm I'm a very vocal I want you to know I'm DJing. I'm on the mic. I put a light on me. Mm -hmm. I'm very vocal. I'm very like it's like. It's a, it's about me, Cypher Sounds, rocking you with your favorite songs, rocking the party with your favorite songs. But if it's not working, you could turn the mic off, <laughs> you could turn the lights down, and just play the songs. Right. Mm-hmm. You can't do that with comedy. <laughs> <laughs> right? Desi, we have an out in DJing, like, because, like, we used to, like, we used to bring little, we used to buy these lamps from Ikea. Mm-hmm. Like, they had, like, the, the like, telescopic, um, uh, posts like you could pull them up mm-hmm. like we used to have like three of them I used to buy like 10 at Ikea like a desk lamp a desk lamp yeah. but it, it was like a swivel you could turn it up it used to face us Flex used to be like put the light on you wear bright colors like shine <laughs> cause it's like a lot of DJs is just like in the cut like yeah. talking with their hand you know with their, with their skills and he's like nah you gotta talk you gotta sh- shine so then we put the lights on us and all that stuff. And then, but if it's not working, I used to turn to my boy Kev. I'm like, yo, cut the lights off. <laughs> we used to turn them down. He used to start unplugging them, putting them away. And then you just, but you can still, listen, if it's not working, you go to the basics. You play Biggie, you play Usher, you play Little John, you play right. the hits, yeah. right? And then just be quiet because maybe they're not feeling your vibe or whatever. With comedy, you're up there telling jokes. 
You can't turn off the lights. Because you can't turn off the lights. You can't. So, and if you bail early, you get in trouble. Like, yo, you got to do your time, yo. Yeah. You got to do your time. And uh, so. Have you ever bombed? Yeah, many times. Yeah. Many you times. Have but to, it, right? Now it's fun to bomb. Now, but you got to, it takes so long to get to that moment. Because you go on and say, you try to write jokes, you try to write jokes, you try to write jokes. Then you bomb, you bomb, you bomb. And then you find, start to find little ways out of it. Mm-hmm. Like when you, when I watch a young comic bomb, I'm like, bro, just, you got to mention the bomb. They try to avoid it. Yeah, yeah. You got to go, man, I'm bombing up here. Right. And then you get a laugh. And then like, <laughs> yeah, and then like, and then what you do right then is how you, <laughs> how you handle it. You embrace the bomb. Like, yo, you can't pretend you're not bombing. Can't. They see right through and it, And it, it gets worse because it's like, you try to just do your written material and yeah. then, I feel like bro, if you're not connecting like, nah. if you're not connecting with your written material you gotta but some people don't have that yeah mm-hmm. but I just get out of it I go man I'm bummed you hate me you hate me is it cause you're racist <laughs> or whatever and then I just right. and then it leads to something <laughs> It might not work, but at least it's like they're, they're like, oh, he know he knows he's bombing. He knows. He's <laughs> I put a video up the other day where I was bombing. Where I bombed, I go on the video. I go, man, that crowd. I'll tell you one thing that crowd didn't want. It was cipher sound. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. so when you bombed, did you get called back to the same club again, or were they booked yeah. again? Or? Yeah, 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 yeah. Because I did five shows that weekend, and all the four other ones were great. Oh, okay. but sometimes you just don't connect. It's, it's, bro, it's like every show, we call it a snowflake. Every show is a snowflake. Mm. You can't, if you do two shows in one night and you rip the first one, you can't expect to rip the second one. Yeah. Or if you bomb the first one, you might rip the second one. Like, the, it's better in the other way. It's better to bomb the first show and kill the second show because then you leave like feeling good. But if you leave on the bomb, you're like, oh, why do I do this? <laughs> but, but so I go, they didn't want me. And I go, I almost bombed. In the Instagram video, I'm like, I pre-bombed. And I go, no, no, no. I bombed. I bombed. They didn't want me. And you just... Just move on. Just go on. Just keep doing this shit. Do you restructure your jokes as you're telling them? Say, like, for example, you have the A joke, B joke, but you know the C joke is going to hit. But you move well, the, the, the C to B or... The formula is you always end on your biggest joke, right? That some people. I don't. Oh, yeah. Because I learned this from Michael Che. Michael Che taught me a lot. Um, oh, it's Michael Che? I've been calling him Michael Shea. No, you say it incorrectly. A lot okay. of people do. <laughs> do you say Michael Shea Guevara? I say Shea. Guevara. I say Che. <laughs> oh, Che. It's Che? It's Che. Okay. I say Shea. Yeah. You say Shea Guevara? Shea Guevara, yeah. But how do you say chocolate? You don't say chocolate. Chocolate. <laughs> Chocolate. Why do we do that? Why do we say Shay? How do you pronounce CH? And then he has an apostrophe in the E, so it's I think we no, see the I think we see the think Yeah, so. I don't know. Maybe oh, Che Guevara it. does? Yeah. yeah. Oh. Tell us Che. I don't know. No, yeah. Che Guevara is Che. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Well now we now. now, now. We <laughs> so call him Michael Che. Michael Che. Michael Che. But I was he he took me on the road before I was really ready to be on the road. But I respected that because he, he, he doesn't give a fuck. He's the most um, aloof guy in the world. He just lives life. It's the best life ever. But he, I always tell this joke. When, when I met Michael Che, I was way more famous than him. He looked up to me from being on Hot 97 mm-hmm. and then he blew up. And uh, So he took me on the road too early. Looking back, I realized he took me on the road too early, but I appreciate it so much. But one day he goes to me, he goes, yo, man, you you do your, 
you do your comedy like you're DJing. I go, what do you mean? He goes, you got too much rhythm. He goes, you always do the same order. You end on your biggest joke, and it's the same every time. And he goes, you got to loosen up sometimes. And he goes, he goes, do your set backwards tonight. Mm. He'll start with your closer and go all the way back. And I was like, what? Because you asked me if I ever bombed. Yeah. Well, that was the time that I bombed. <laughs> <laughs> because I had it so worked out like as, like a, as a script. Every joke led into the next joke with a segue. And then he was like, nah, you can't do that. He, go, he told me every joke should be able to be a closer. Oof, that's a good one. So he goes, do your shit backwards. And it was horrible. And then I did it again the next show and it was way better. And then it got, and then he was just like, don't, he goes, have a, have an order if it makes you feel good going on stage. But if it goes off that, don't, you can't get rattled. Mm -hmm. And he goes, you should be able to put any joke anywhere. And that's, that's how I do my comedy now. I mean, yeah, same could go for DJing though. Where you just kind yeah, of like same thing. just switch that shit up all the time. It makes you. Better. But you do like in my Serato, I have I've I have my songs in sets, mm -hmm. right? And I have these lines I put to divide like little sets, mm -hmm. right? And or like like dummy MP3s. Yeah, it's like just dashes. That's smart. You never did that? No. Oh, it's the I best. Oh, I gotta do that. <laughs> never done that. That's really smart. That from um Tim Westwood. Tim Westwood TV. Oh. And he got you you put a, it's the basically it's um Cypher don't get gassed. That's the what the line is. Yeah, yeah. So if it ever plays by accident, it's just Cypher don't get gassed. But you do that and then you make a like a 50 copies of that line. You know when you could yeah, yeah, yeah. copy the MP3? Mm -hmm. And then so when I make a new playlist, I drag those lines into the oh, playlist. Oh my God, that's so So smart. like I got like, I'll tell you one of my sets. Like I got um, uh, Lean Back into the Thago Lean Back into... Uh, no, before remix? that is before that is no, it's it's conceded Remy Ma, then Remy Ma, um, whatever, whatever, right, right. and then lean back, and then they go lean back, and then I think it's like um, you gotta have the lean back remix with Mace or no? I don't play that one. Really? It rocks. Yeah, that was big at the time. That was huge. It was. I usually just play oh, Fat Joe. Yeah, I just play Fat Joe. With Mace and Eminem. Yeah, I but I mean, we just play the. The I used to play the Eminem part also. Man. Really? Yeah. Uh, but yeah, so I have those lines, and that's a set. I know those songs go good together. I don't always play them in that order, but I know those songs go good together. You know what I mean? And then I got a bunch of those throughout the whole thing. I used to do that, but now I just color coordinate them. Like a, you know, you put the little color on the other yeah. side. Yeah. So now I do the color coordination. I do. I do exactly what you do, and I've been wanting to put like dividers, and yeah. separators in there. Because I, I always put different options. So if like if you're going if you're ending it with like lean back, I'll put in like um you know the to Tony Tony Ayo so seductive yeah 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 I'll give myself like five options to go after yeah to go either to not play lean back or to switch it up yeah mm -hmm. and then I, and then as I keep doing that set. I keep adding more options. Yeah, I like your 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 strategy. So you don't do the same thing. So like, if I have this like these motherfuckers watching me, they're like, "Oh, yeah. he's gonna go into lean back." Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then I hit so seductive. They're like, oh, "Okay." Yeah, you know? I do. Yeah, yeah, I do the same thing. But I need that bass because I forget if I don't have it. Because I used to do that with my vinyl, mm -hmm. right? I'll have certain songs, and I would take 
an extra vinyl of that song and put it with a different record because I know these go good together. Right. Mm. So when Serato came, I was like, oh, this is way easier. You can just label and make a whole bunch of different playlists. But well, how, what was my point? How did I get into that from comedy? Oh, the, the way comedy you, was saying how uh, Michael told Oh, yeah, you Che told everything should be a closer. So now I could just move all my jokes around. Mm-hmm. Make it interchangeable. Yeah. I, I heard Louis C.K. in an interview. I think he was with, uh, I don't know if it's an interview, but he was talking with Seinfeld and Chris Rock. Yeah. And he was saying like. Oh, and Ricky Gervais? Uh, yeah. Did you saw that thing? one yeah. where, he's, where he takes his closer and he puts it to the beginning yeah. and starts over. Yeah. Just to force himself to like better all the material. Yeah. So he's, he's not dependent on like one joke to save his ass. Yeah. Mm. At the end of the shit. Mm. Yeah. Those guys, when the top comics. They all got little tricks and like you could see why they're the top. Yeah. Like Bill Burr, Bill Burr said he, he, cause he does a new hour almost every year or about a year and a half. And he goes, every week I try at least one minute of a new joke. And in 50 weeks, that will be an hour. Mm. And you're like, yeah. That'd like, be the stand up special. Uh-huh. That'd be his stand-up special. Yeah, yeah. Like, but he, but he's working on a new minute every weekend, and then you still got to work on it the next weekend. But you got to put a new piece to it, and a new piece, and a new piece, and then one minute ends up equaling fifty. You know what I mean? Who, who's your favorite comic right now? I mean, I gotta say Chappelle, but take our Chappelle. People, I know I, it's hard. Like people think, oh, because he, he's your friend. I'm like, no, but he really is. No, he's really I good. honestly think he's oh. the greatest comedian. Yeah, I was, right I was about now. to say this. I had a, me and Cricket was talking about um, Dave Chappelle. He was telling me Dave Chappelle is the greatest comedian. He knows. I think, I, and, and I said yeah. Eddie Murphy. Eddie Murphy's up there. He could have been better, but Eddie Murphy stopped at a young age. Yeah. If Eddie Murphy had kept going, I think he would have been. Just as good. I say Chappelle. I just grew up with Chappelle. Chappelle. I yeah. think Chappelle. Ed, Ed, my problem with Eddie Murphy is, yeah, he only did two specials. Mm -hmm. Right. He was so young. He went off exactly. into acting and blew up. But he is one of the greatest ever. But mm -hmm. it's like all those guys, everyone you just named, Chris Rock, Dave Chappelle, they look up to Eddie like to a whole nother level. Sure. Yeah. Sure. Which I do too. But in this modern day, the way people are putting out way more material, he, did, he only had... Two specials. I feel like he only did like 10 years of stand-up. Yeah. Yeah. Then, but shit. he's incredible. Mm -hmm. uh, Eddie is incredible. When they tell stories about Eddie, because they go to his house a lot and they'll tell stories, and it's lit like he's making them <laughs> die laughing just in person. I heard, yeah, I heard he's still funny. Yeah, he's super funny. Mm -hmm. But as far as like being a stand-up comedian, um, like Patrice O'Neal is one of my right, favorites. Yeah, one of his favorites. Yeah. Patrice O'Neill died uh, too much before he actually blew up. I don't care about blowing up. It's who I really like. Um, I heard he was like, he, he, I mean, his stand-up was funny, but I heard he was way funnier in real life, just hanging out, talking shit. Well, and before he died, he started, what you're talking about, yeah. he, was, he started to make his personality that everyone loved his stage presence. Mm. It, he wasn't, it was, it was becoming the same thing. Right. Cause he would, yeah, he would make you laugh like crazy, and then he would just try to write jokes, and then he was like, "Why am I writing jokes? I'm just gonna be me." And then that's when it really started to pop. Mm -hmm. But um, there's another guy named Rory Scovel, this white guy. He's probably one of my favorite comics, bro. And he's just he got this thing on YouTube called it's called um I think it's called Live Without Fear, but it's also called it's also Live Without Fear. 
Mm, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. So it's half documentary about this venue in Atlanta that got closed down. But then also he did seven nights with no material, all improvised stand up. Wow. It's fucking sick. Sick, bro. Um, there's a guy named Sean Patton. He's a good friend of mine. He just put out a special on Peacock. Sean Patton, I opened up for him and he's from New Orleans. He did a special. He had an hour and a half material and he was trying to cut it down and he couldn't do it. He said, fuck it. Just put up the whole hour and a half and it's killing right now. Really? Yeah, Michael Che produced that. Like, he did it on his own but then Michael Che like got it on Peacock, like worked with him. They've been friends forever. So, my, uh, Sean Patton is one of my favorite, favorite comics but he's actually too good. He's too pure. You know what I mean? Like, He's like we were talking about yesterday on part one of the road podcast. <laughs> the announcement? About selling out. You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah. Like, he can't sell, he, like he won't we, sell out. He like can't. Keeping it real goes wrong. He's kind of, keeping right? it real 100%. I'm like, bro, you. He's there's never this guy, I, I try to copy him. There's, I've never seen him, not one time ever in my life. His first minute on stage is tagging something the last comedian said. So whatever joke you end on, and then he goes on stage, he riffs about it in the moment. And like, oh yeah, he he was talking about fish scales. I, I, I had fish scales on my, like, and it goes, like, he's sick, bro. Sick. Mm. But yeah, there's, there's a lot of dope comics, man. It's just. How close are you to like doing a, an hour special, you think? Uh, well, I was trying to, I was supposed to do one of those half hours mm-hmm. on HBO that, mm-hmm. um, that you were talking about um, Ralph, Ralph Barboza did and Ian Lara. Mm-hmm. Ian Lara's another great comic. That's big. Ralph is Ian Lara is a, so a you, Dominican kid from New York. He's funny. Funny, bro. Like, he's going to be... And he's fly, too. Like, he's a hip-hop kid mm-hmm. that does comedy, so he dresses fly because a lot of comics dress like utter dog shit, yo. Like, they have no <laughs> swag. They've always dressed like that. The swag yeah. in the comedy world? Yo, come on, bro. Always you can go to Marshalls, get you a nice jacket, like, woo. They be weird. Yo, this kid, Roy, the Roy Scoville guy I just mentioned, yeah. the first time I ever met him and he's like a hero of mine, he had on Speedo sneakers. Speedo. Speedo. Like, <laughs> the shit you swim in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Speedo scene, I said, I, I don't know how I respect you so much. This is crazy. <laughs> You're like, I'm $300 babe shit. Oh, yeah. Oh, so I was supposed to do a half hour for that. But then the guy who was producing it, I think he's going to Netflix or something. So the guy, I'm waiting for it. But yeah, I think you can kill it on HBO. But I, just, I don't, I'm not, I don't rush it. Like, I'm having It'll a great time. It happens, right? Yeah, I'm having a great time. And like, I think my material now, I love where I'm at. But also, I got to write way more. I want to have another hour before I even tape this hour, mm. you know? Mm. But I'm having a fantastic time. Also, I'm not going to be a typical stand-up. I never am. I'm a hybrid of a, of a hustler, of a DJ. Hip-hop is the core. Like, I look at myself as like a hip-hop person who does comedy. And I'm in the comedy world, but I still always feel like an outsider because I'm hip-hop first. Yeah. So... You know, I'm finding my ways to do it. I mean, when you incur, you if you ever see Cypher, he he DJs while he's t- doing the stand up yeah. shit. The Biggie Small shit that you always, if you don't know, now you know. That shit just erupts the room because it's the funniest yeah, shit. Yeah, when they yeah. say the N word. Yeah, the white people say the N word yeah. is the funniest. Yeah, you got a good shit. bit with uh, Michael Che. Yeah, that's yeah I haven't done that so long because he don't we don't tour anymore together. So, so at the end, yeah. your shit is still hip hop and hip hop first. No, no matter hip-hop what, hip hop first, like. 
I'm happy that I've earned my stripes. I've been doing comedy for a long time. I'm happy that people officially call me a comedian, yeah, right. but I'm hip-hop first. Mm-hmm. Like, hip-hop is my religion, my culture, my life. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And I'm a hip-hop person who does comedy. I mean, I, f- I feel the same way, man. I feel like even when I was growing up, like, hip-hop kind of just, it was the first thing that, like, showed me, like, that brought yeah. people together. Yeah. Where, like, if like the way you dressed, I knew you was hip hop. Yeah. You know, like in the eighties and nineties. Yeah. You just knew like and you would kind of get along with motherfuckers because you're like yeah. Or you have something in common instantly. Yeah, because yeah. They, it wasn't like if you were listening to like artifacts or like uh the boogie monsters, yeah. It was just like you it was there wasn't like a huge bunch of motherfuckers yeah. that listened to that shit. Yeah. So you could spot like a hip hop dude. Bro, I worked you know? in fat beats, bro. Like the, the, the dudes that would come in there for like buying like independent hip hop, like there was only a thousand copies of this record ever made. You know what I mean? Like that was the best times, man. But we can't go back. No, you can't. No, can't, can't go, go back. back. You said that on part one. <laughs> can't go back. Can't go back. But it's, I still remember. I cherish it. But like I've been saying that lately. Like I had like, I don't know why. I've been having like a talk with myself. Like, nah, you like I feel like I abandoned hip hop a little bit in the last couple years for comedy and I had to have a talk with myself like like I would find myself like I was gonna go do a comedy show but I might let me not wear this shirt because it's a little loud it's a little too hip hop and I'll put on like a plain I said nah take that put that shirt on yo and the jacket and the Jordans and go you know what I mean and like don't try to be like them be you and that's where things really started opening up for me. Well, you trying to dress like a substitute teacher? I'll just, yeah, yeah. I'll like put a little tie on. Sport jacket. He put on. He put on. I found myself toning down. I found myself toning down, like you know, like just plain Jordans, not like the Ellis ones or whatever. Mm-hmm. And I was like, nah, nah, nah. I had to like catch myself, like nah, be you. And then I went all the way up. Wait, wait, how long were you trying to be? It like- was happening subtly. It was happening like, cause all you know what it really started happening when I was putting. Up I've my, never heard of someone trying to dress worse to fit. <laughs> to fit in. <laughs> he's like looking at. It, he's like, well, my idols were like yeah. this dude's wearing speedo sneakers. Yeah, I, gotta, sure. I gotta tone it down a little. Put the threes away. That I wouldn't do. I would definitely not wear speedos. Cause they just be like, well, you just so you wanted to like prove you could be a good comedian, and I then just, it was just I'm around comedians. I'm around comedians every single day, so it was just starting to like. Trying to fit in, just it was subconsciously. It wasn't consciously, but it was just like when I would go to pick a <laughs> pick a shirt. I'm like, oh, let me just keep it light, like, like just all black, like, like plain black. That's not not where the camo aped it in. Yeah, right? and then I was, and then I said, no, fuck this. Like man. their bad taste was becoming yeah, contagious. Yeah, just, <laughs> like <I>, subconsciously <laughs> absorbing a comedian's bad taste in fashion. Bro, even here, the co- the comedians that are at the comedy cellar in Vegas this week. Um, like I went shopping the first day I got here and I got some stuff. You went to feature, right? Did I went you to go feature, there? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, feature's fire, yo. Yeah. And I got some stuff and I wore it at the show and they were like, oh, wait, that's a nice hoodie. I'm like, yeah, I just got it today. And they were like, today? <laughs> <laughs> like they, didn't even, they didn't even go out. They didn't even go shopping. Yo, I want, I want to ask you a quick question. Mm-hmm. Artistic has been like posting on Twitter. He's been doing this poll mm-hmm. on the top 100 R&B songs from the 90s. People were voting on Twitter. Yeah. So he's been working on this since I think August. Yeah. So August, September, October, November. I think he finished it in the top of December. Mm-hmm. And he has this this list of a hundred of the top one hundred. Yeah. Uh, songs. Be songs from the 90s. Yeah. 
I actually want to text it to you so you could like see okay. some of it. All right, but, but I'm I, telling you right now. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, send it to me. No, go ahead. What are you going to say? No, I'm telling you, I can already hear in your voice as a New Yorker. Yeah. Some stuff you're not <laughs> agreeing with. Well, no, no. <laughs> Absolutely, yeah. You too, right? Yeah. Because R&B in New York is different than anywhere else. Right. Mm-hmm. And I'll he, tell you why once I see he's the in, list. He's from LA. Yeah. yeah. He's a great DJ. He's amazing. Yeah. Uh, I just texted to you. Okay, but I'm telling you. One and two. The I already part? know. I already have this issue with R&B. Yeah. From, from other places. Because this is, no, this is horrible. <laughs> <laughs> this is horrible. But look, look, look. Horrible. Wait, you got to look at this, right? This is yeah. the most interesting part, right? The yeah. top 10 is the most interesting, yeah. right? Yeah. Because so, and the reason why it's interesting, he's from LA. He's from he didn't vote. All right, these are like his followers and Twitter people. People casted these votes. But but what I think is interesting, yeah, they're young. So what you're seeing is like this new generation's interpretation of what the big songs in the '90s were. Yeah. So I I want to list the top ten of these uh, of this list. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm, but by the way, this list is kind of dope. Like, if this was like a Spotify playlist, it's not, I mean, of course, all the songs are good. Yeah, but. they're all good songs. Mm-hmm. Every every song on here is good, but it is missing. Okay, and then think of your top. What, wait, you, what were your top five? Yeah, but Saif, let me hear what you say. But let me let me read the, yeah, the yeah. top ten. So right off the bat, at the top, right mm-hmm. number, number 10, ten, Drew Hill Beauty. Wait, no, that's not. Oh, number 10, yes, yeah. sorry. Drew yeah. Hill Beauty. I don't even know what that is. I don't know. Nobody here <laughs> has ever heard that I don't song. I know what that is. So, like, I'm thinking this must have gone viral on TikTok or something, right. and then they right. heard it, right? Yeah. yeah. And number nine is D'Angelo Lady. Okay, not the premiere remix. Okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right, I'm watching. They probably don't even know about that one. All right. Yep. Number eight is Main Condition, Breaking My Heart, Pretty Brown Eyes. Love that song. Yeah. Love that song. It's in my phone right that now. Song. That actually, that's a song, like... Din, din. Yeah. <laughs> that that song belongs in the top dun, ten. Dun. Absolutely, yeah. D'Angelo Lady, maybe top thirty, yeah. maybe if right. If top thirty. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I right. number seven. Jay, don't walk away. I'm not mad at nah, that. Nah, but maybe top twenty. I would say top. 10, I would say in the twenty. Yeah. Top twenties. Yeah, I wouldn't even say that. Number six, Jodeci, come and talk to me remix. Right. I'm not mad at that at the top ten. Me no, Jodeci is top. Yeah. Jodeci come and talk to me remix is top ten. Mm-hmm. It's probably in the perfect spot. We actually had a conversation though. Honestly, if we're from the nineties, was mm-hmm. "Forever My Lady" a bigger song than "Come and Talk to Me" remix? I would I finish the list. Yeah, yeah I'll finish. Yeah, I would tell so you. Yeah, exactly. so, I know this whole shit. Yeah. So number five, SWV Week. I'm not mad at that. Mm-hmm. I'm not mad at that at all. Uh, number four, one twelve. Cupid. Cupid. No. Uh, Oh, that makes nah. me think of my English girlfriend. <laughs> oh, I miss her. Your English? Why? Her English. She was bad. Bad English chick with a fat ass. Toronto? No, from she. Li- she was from England, but she lived in New York. And that that one twelve Cupid. That was our song. That was our song. <laughs> that was our song. <laughs> and New York one twelve Cupid. I don't know. Top forty. Okay, At least, yeah, maybe top, 40. Top run for definitely not, definitely not in <laughs> top 10. All right, number three, Groove Theory, Tell Me. 25. I, I Yo, I honestly, uh, I'm actually impressed Yeah, that the, the, the these this generation that's knows. A great, that's a great way to pray. Why would right? you say? No, that's, a, that's, that's a deep cut. That's a deep cut. That's, that's a, a deep, deep cut. cut. Yeah. It's a deep cut. It's Son. not. It is in a, it, it, I'll tell you why. Go, do Let's the last two and I'll tell you. Yeah. So number two, Aaliyah, One in a Million. 
I, that, I wouldn't put that in. I wouldn't put top 10. It is a groundbreaking song. It is but one of my favorite yeah. Aaliyah songs ever. But it's not it. It's not a... Yeah. I, I'll, I'll tell you. And then number one, right? This yeah. this shows the generation yeah. more than anything. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That number one is Tevin Campbell, uh, Can We, Can we Talk? <clears throat> okay. Which is a huge R&B song right now right. that's in played the last, in the club. Past yeah. five years. Here's yeah. the problem. I almost... Wait, wait. I almost want to give MoMA credit. DJ MoMA... Because he's one of the first DJs that I heard playing it like 10 years ago or mm-hmm. more mm-hmm. at his parties. And I was like watching motherfuckers sing that shit. Yeah. And then somehow it just like it just spread. And then now LA, all LA got LA their DJs hands on. Yeah, yeah, that's like the biggest song right now. Besides like. <laughs> Is it? Besides Keisha, Keisha Cole, Cole. Yeah. Yeah. Keisha Cole Love. That you could drop yes. Keisha Cole Love mm-hmm. prime time right now. Yeah. See, I, I got to go hang out. Yeah. I come go hang, hang out. out. That's crazy. Okay. So. Now, I'm going to tell you something. Here's, <laughs> here's, here's a couple of different problems. Yeah. And the reason why I I knew this already, but the way I came to this conclusion, I did this party in Atlanta where they play all R&B. Mm. And I, I didn't bomb. <laughs> I didn't bomb, but I didn't do what I thought I was going to do. Because I, in New York, am known as the R&B guy because I played all the R&B in the tunnel before Big Cap and Flex got there because it was 500 ladies free and we used to open the door at 8 o'clock because the ladies were down the block so the cops were like, yo, y'all got to clean this so they would open the doors earlier to let the ladies in. So I couldn't play no hits from 8 until like at least 11.30 when Cap got there. So I was known as the R&B guy. If if I'm walking down 34th Street in New York City and there's a 45-year-old black woman walking towards me, (laughs) she's going to be like, yo, tunnel right i swear to god it happens to me all the time now here's the problem with this list <laughs> to us we are djs first right mm-hmm. then you and you and never not you jamie but we're new york djs right second mm-hmm. and we grew up in an era in new york city where hip-hop comes from where and we're djs new york djs hip-hop DJs third, mm-hmm. right? According to the way I look at this list. We are filtered with what R&B works when you're DJing a hip-hop party. Mm-hmm. We're working with all the puffy bad boy remixes mm-hmm. that we consider the main version, but a lot of people don't even know those versions because yeah. that was a heavy New York DJ club experience, Right? Like, like the Jodeci, um, Fiend remix with um with Ray Rain Ghost. and Ghost mm-hmm. to us to a new, even a New York girl that's the main version right yeah but that's not even on an album no no it was no video but the new generation don't know about that record they, because it was all promo yeah they, it, it's not it's not legally even on streaming because it wasn't a real song it was a promo material it was a, a promo uh item wait yeah. didn't meg the stallion rap on that beat plan b yeah plan b yeah, yeah. but that's but, but if you're yeah like but it didn't trans it didn't blow up because only new york motherfuckers yeah. knew about it right but like down south and west coast no west coast knew about y'all know about that the if you yeah. really know the fiending remix they, they knew no, it wasn't fiending it was was it fiending yeah, What's I think it was Phoenix. No. It was the boom, boom. Yeah, is that Phoenix? Yeah. I got stacks like yeah. the International okay. House of Pancakes. Pancakes. Yeah. 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 So, so th- there's a lot of filters to this, right? 
So now you got to look at like, how does whoever was making this voting on this list, how did they absorb R&B in the 90s? Right. Their older brothers and sisters, um, MTV, Radio. Um, MTV, uh, BET. Right. Um, uh, you know, some TV show or movie. The Box. That might have been on. Did they have The Box out here? No, they had not I'm just saying in New York. Yeah, The box. box. We got The Box in LA, right? We have something else, but not that one. Right. So, like, you got to look at how, like, that's why Tevin Campbell, Can We Talk, would not be on a DJ's top list of songs. R&B, no. But see, I look at this list. Like, I don't. Bro, do you look at this list as a DJ? I look at this as like a kid in high school or and junior see, high. I'm gonna tell you how this is bullshit. Yeah. So like, bro, there's no R. Kelly on here. <laughs> <laughs> there's no R. Kelly. No, it's serious, bro. <laughs> this list is bullshit because the young kids d- don't fuck with R. Kelly. Or you know what? Since you mentioned R. Kelly, even Aaron Hall. Aaron Hall had some shit. That's 80s, though. That, was that 80s? Yeah. Technically. 90s, oh. But in the 90s, he had uh, Missing You. No, but we, I Miss You was we, crazy. That was about it. We and, played all those songs in the 90s, but we they were kind of throwback-ish. Yeah. yeah, yeah they yeah. rocked in the 90s, but they're not from the 90s. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but like I, miss you, I Miss You party, was, that? If you do a 90s party, mm-hmm. do you play New Edition or Belle the DeVoe or all that? Because it's technically 80s. 89, 88, you know well, what I mean? Velvet DeVoe was like 90s. That was Velvet like the be- DeVoe, beginning yeah. of the 90s. Nine, yeah. But the new edition stuff is definitely 80s. But when, but but you're, when saying we were the sound, the 90s, you're saying the sound is 80s. Velvet no, DeVoe. the year was released. But if anything in 90, it's still 80s yeah, because it was transitioning. I agree with you on we that. We say that we, 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 um, we categorize everything in decades. Right. But on January 1st, 1990, <laughs> everything didn't change to Tribe Called Quest. No. It was still late 80s. Yeah. yeah. Right? It, it morphs into what we Same thing know. for the mid-2000s yeah. shit. That's, always, yeah. like a tra- oh, that's oh. always like a transition year, that, that year. Yeah. So first, so, but I, when I do years. a 90s party, I know guys that will not play anything. If it was released December 31st, 89, they won't play it. I'm yeah, like, bro, is it about what was released in the 90s or what was rocking in the 90s? Because Mona Lisa Slick Rick at a, when I was coming up in the 90s was rocking. Right. But it's from the 80s. Yeah. That, yeah, whole, that whole old school era was rocking. The whole Yeah, like, we yeah. didn't have a lot of records like we do nowadays. Cool G rap, all that shit was rocking and going mm-hmm. into the 90s. But bro, no R. Kelly on this is this how you know it's bullshit. <laughs> Alright, wait, wait. If you could put an R. Kelly song, what what would it no, be? I can't. I can't. I, <laughs> bro, I have a. I do a joke. It only works with black people. And I go, how how hard is it to hide your R. Kelly playlist? <laughs> because you still have to play it in the crib, but you can't play it out around your white friends. Did you Did you hear his new album? No, I didn't listen to it. Yet. You didn't listen to it? No. How did he release it? Never like a vibes to it. You got it on rotation, I right? Never. Like, I listened to five songs of the album. <laughs> He's lying. He's and I was like, this shit too. was fucking fire, man. It's fire. The, the songs I heard with though. <laughs> I heard a snippet. And then of the, when I went to finish listening to the rest of the album, they already taken it down. I heard a snippet to the one with oh, Marvin Gaye sample on the, the second track or some shit like that. Uh huh. I heard that. I was like, Dude, Wait, do you have it? No, I, I was listening to it on. I Apple, gotta find. No, no, it's on YouTube. But Apple took it off. I gotta get it. So Apple, I mean, YouTube have it now. But it's it's on still on YouTube. Okay, I got yeah, it. I didn't even know that. First of all, it's the worst title for an album. I admit it. I admit <laughs> it. I know. <laughs> <laughs> he titled his album. How did I he admit do it? it. 
Did he, he put it on? He, it sneaked into Apple. But they're saying that somebody stole yo. his um, recordings and put it out themselves. Yo, oh, really? Yeah. Yo, Saif, I want to play you like just the first eight bars of the yeah. first song because that's all I heard. Yeah. I listened to the first eight bars. This sounds so good. <laughs> and then the phone started burning in my head and I just let it go. <laughs> yeah, somebody went in his hard drives. Yeah. Crazy, right? Fire. No, beat. this is like an official release, right? Yeah. yeah. Hold on, keep playing. I don't want the vocals to yeah, Then I'm gonna fall in love. Yeah. I can feel a good vibe. Yo. <laughs> oh my god, it's so good. I gotta get it. Yo, you gotta look at. <laughs> <laughs> I know. Listen, I don't agree with anything he did, bro. No. I don't agree with any treatment of any person that way. But I, I can't not like his music, man. Yo, I, I love the, R. Kelly music. Yo, the comments on YouTube are so hilarious. Mm-hmm. This dude, this one. All right, listening to this album, I'm convinced this isn't real life, and I'm in an episode of The Bunda. <laughs> I love The Bunda. He said, this album feels like a supervillain coming to a cartoon after 100 episodes. <laughs> <laughs> this is like, yo, everyone's like, this. Yo, R. Kelly just dropped the album of the, of the year. year. I was thinking that when I was in listening R&B. to the songs. I was like, dude, this might be the best album of 2022. <laughs> Mind you, Drake dropped two fucking albums this year. <laughs> It's crazy though, right? I'm scared yeah. to listen. You listen to the whole thing though? No. No, I didn't say I didn't listen Why to you, What made you stop? I, I don't no, know. I just. I told know. you I went to take a shower and then when I got the shower, I went to look for the, the album again. It was going from Apple Music. I'm like, <laughs> then I checked on Spotify. It wasn't on there and they, they took it down. That's fast. Yeah. Do you, mm, I don't know. I don't want to go into the moral question of, do you think it's right that they took it down? I don't know. Man. It's just the way the world is now, bro. Yeah. We live in a time where it's, Super you know, sensitive, yeah. Super but it, sensitive. but it, no, but it's like it's like we're we're funding, you know, I, we're enabling, you know, this dude. What if okay? Actions. What if the money goes to like the people that were hurt through this whole? Bro, shit? let me tell y'all something. Fuck all y'all, okay? Because <laughs> all of you know some foul shit that some rapper or singer does. Yeah, that you don't. We don't say nothing about. Mm-hmm. Not as bad as that. That, that that's very that was bad. Some really bad. There was a yeah. six. But I'm just saying, we know. Have you we seen, know some. What do you mean six part? There's like two seasons of that shit, isn't there? Oh, three? was it? I there's thought a, it was a six part documentary. No, there's a six part doc. There's a six part series. And that then, was season then, one. Then there's a new one coming out in a couple of weeks. No, I think there's already two seasons. No, it's two seasons, and there's another one coming out soon. There's a third there's season the, the coming. Final, out. The yeah. final season, yeah. yeah. Yeah, but those first six episodes were fucking horrendous. I mean, that was, was, was no, but crazy. just saying it's bad. Yeah, but. Because it's exposed, everyone jumps on it and you should never mess with R. Kelly again. But I know a lot of foul shit that a lot of artists do. Right. So what do I do? Do I expose it? Yeah, I mean, if it never comes, if it never comes out, then it's fine. You just believe that artist is a good person. Like it's all bullshit, man. So when I realize everything's bullshit, I go, if I want to listen to R. Kelly playlist, I'm going to listen to it. Now, if I go DJ a party, and y'all don't want it, I'm an idiot if I play it. You know what I mean? But what if you do a party, if I do a party with older people, they want it. Well, the, the thing is, you, you're so in the industry that you've had to learn how to separate the artist from the from the I, art. Yeah, I don't know if it's an industry thing, but I 100%. No, because you're in radio, You like this dude's an asshole. Yeah. Like, this did dude's you stop prick? playing yeah. Chris Brown after the Rihanna shit? No. But it's not up to it's like if you're on radio and shit, it's really up to someone to tell you like, yo, yeah. you can't play this did, shit. Oh, no did more. I? You mean did the radio stop playing it? No, you. No, you didn't stop. I playing. would never. I would never. 
not play something because of something that somebody does. Wait, but even when even at the time what happened with Chris Brown and Rihanna, no one stopped playing his music. A little bit. No, no, a little, little bit. bit. But it wasn't like not that. like this with R. Kelly. No, no, but R. Kelly did some. But not even like this or like Michael shit. Jackson when when they, when his yeah. documentary. All right, came so out. when when Pac went to jail. And they released his album when he was behind bars. Did he go to jail for raping that girl? Yeah, rape, yeah. Allegedly. Yeah. Allegedly. Well, he was in jail and they still released the album. And it was yeah. nobody said anything. It was me against the world. That's true, but I think there was like this undertone that he didn't do it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, right? He got set up. Yeah. Or and then plus he got shot around. But the that same was time. the same undertone with R. Kelly for a long time. That's kind of crazy though. And right? then until it, you know, the, the thing came out. I don't know, <laughs> but yeah, no. It's just I, listen. I'm not gonna play it in a room full of people where they don't want it played. <laughs> Bro, I was in a Miami airport. I was walking to my gate, and I had my headphones on, but I was listening to a podcast, and I kept hearing R. Kelly music, and I was like, "Am I playing two things at once by accident on my phone?" And it was the airport, and I, and I took my headphones off, and the the um not in the air. I thought it was in the airport system, but it wasn't. It was a like a stand, like a, it was one of the Chaos? um. No, it was, yeah, like it was, uh, what do you call the pretzel shit? Like, Auntie Anne's pretzels? Yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Only yeah. black, there was four black girls working there. Three black girls and one black kid, and they were blasting Step in R. the name of love. No, it was like, <laughs> bump and grind. Like they oh, were, wow. Oh, and I shit. took my headphones, I walked over there, I was like, yo! <laughs> <laughs> I said, yo, what y'all doing? They're like, whatever, man. And like, you know Miami people, they ignorant like they're like, man, is that shit, dog? And I was like, yeah, it is. But you're, you're in a in a in a corporate business in an airport. Wow. And it was blasted. It was like, Ooh. all right, wait, wait, let's go back to this list. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So it doesn't have our. Okay, so you heard my filters. Yeah. Yeah. So there's a lot of stuff missing from our age, our careers, and where we're from. But otherwise, it's a great list. Yeah. But it is there is a lot of shit missing. Like it just says Mary J. Blige Real Love. Like if it don't have the Real Love remix, the Real Love remix is a completely different song. Right. They probably it think should, that's the remix. It they should be even realize that's a remix with Biggie. Right. It should be it like that has to be its own song. Yeah. Like uh, it might be another number on the list. But Mary J. in general has to be in the top ten. Yeah. There's no Mary J. in the yeah. top ten. Like she's the queen of R and B. But that's a, that's a New York thing, bro. I'm telling you, because she she's the blueprint for '90s R and B. If so you're a girl that you know? never went mm-hmm. to a hip hop party, but you only listen to R and B, this list is fitting your. Right. criteria but we as DJs is like nah you're missing this you're missing this you know what I mean like there's a lot of stuff missing so real quick if we had to do a top five if we have to redo the top five on this list how would we do it the top five wait how do uh, you how do you put Biggie in your in your how do you label Biggie in your Serato what's the under artist what does it say Biggie yeah Biggie Biggie, Biggie. <laughs> Not the notorious. Not no one's gonna notorious. type in B <laughs> period I. No, period not the period. But people put. <laughs> you know those people that just call them notorious Big. And I've never heard I've never anyone heard say that. that. Say that. The younger people, they no, call they them do? by the name that was on the CD that they bought. Like, oh, this is like that conversation about uh, Puffy, right? You you could tell like what oh, age a yeah. motherfucker is by what, yeah. what they call what Puff, they call yeah. Puff. Diddy P Diddy yeah. Puff Daddy I say Puff to this day yeah Puff I sometimes but say Diddy. Diddy I say Diddy yeah. too but I say Puff Puff, <laughs> Puff everyone else is Puff Puff is like one of my idols so this list yeah uh, it's how would you how would I how would we do the top five I, cause I'm looking at like cause it has this is how we do it Montel Jordan 
at 43, right? It's crazy. So I will even put that in the top 10. That goes you in the would, top 10 of party bangers. Yeah, that's yeah, not an R&B yeah. song. But no one listens to that song in their car just chilling. Like, no. if you're not listening to a DJ, mix it. You know what I mean? So this list is like, because there's a lot of things on this list I could tell. So you need like two lists. You need like no, top. There's so many different lists. What is yeah, because like Too Close Next needs to be on the top 10. Top 90s R&B yeah. songs. Yeah, this is this is very, it's too generic. It's too generic. But it came from Twitter, so of course it's going to be like that. Because some things you could tell, like like the like the Montel Jordan, which I think is one of the greatest songs ever recorded, is party-wise. Um, it It's up on 43 on this list because it's familiar when you see it. So that that's why I don't like voting shit like this, where it's like, um, what do you call it? not surveys? Um, what is it when people vote on stuff like this? Uh, polls, polls, polls. Because sometimes you vote for something that you is familiar to you, right? Mm-hmm. So yeah, you're like, oh my god, that song plays all the time. It's so great, but like, it's not a a great R and B song when you put it next to. It's between and Vogue, don't let go, and next too close. No way. <laughs> Those both those songs are way better. I think yeah, next two. All right. So, in your opinion, what's the number one? Like, if you had to pick the number one '90s R&B song of all time, let me let me real quick. Let me just say something. Yeah. This list doesn't have uh, Case with Foxy Brown. Mm-hmm. It don't have Gina Thompson. Oh yeah, yeah. It don't have with, like you know what Missy? I mean like Missy like oh Missy on the Gina Thompson. Yeah, yeah. Bro, there's like. There's just songs that we equate with 90s R&B. That's what I was telling you. I did that party in Atlanta, and I had my tunnel 90s R&B crate, and I was flopping, yo. I was <laughs> flopping. Yo, because if this was a New York list, that Christopher Williams, um, Every Little Thing I yeah, Do, yeah. the remix would have been on this too. Yeah, absolutely. And what else What else was up? Like, even like it has right here, Aaliyah, Are You That Somebody? But if you're not playing the um, the Mad Skills version. The remix. Yeah, right. I don't even remember what the original sounds like without him on it. Well, 702, Get It Together. I don't even know what that is. Portrait, Here We Go Again. That's a deep cut. That's fire. Yeah, yeah it's like, it's interesting to, to see what deep cuts make it. Like, what these Because then, you know, it's another thing about lists like this that we don't 100% immediately grad, gra, uh, gravitate to slow jams. Because a lot of R&B is about slow jams, but as a DJ, we don't, the slow jams ain't the main thing we're going for. We're going for dancing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So we get a little caught up on how this is a girl crying in her bed because of a, a breakup. She's going to put on these slow jams where to us it's not even on our top part of the, you know what I mean? You have to really get into R&B, which I'm really into R&B. But my DJ mind fucks this list up first. Yeah, because like as as a, like a consumer at the time when I was in junior high, like end of the road boys to men had to be the biggest slow jam. Yeah, of all time of the nineties. Yeah, at that mm-hmm. end of the road was huge. Yeah, but you know, obviously now it's like Tevin Campbell, which was like a dope song at that time, mm-hmm. and he was killing it. Yeah, if I ever so Tevin love, Campbell is huge right now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. in throwback sets. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. That song, that can, can We Talk? Because everybody's singing literally the pre-chorus to the- I feel like Candy Rain is also <laughs> catching up too. I mean, Candy Rain was like- Candy Rain is always it's big. always big. Yeah. No, but now it's just- It's, it's just starting to- it's, just ca- it's catching fire. I saw somebody singing that on Instagram recently. I oh, saw Chris Brown. Chris Brown and uh, Gilly. Gilly, yeah. You too want? Close Next is 90s? Yeah. I was going to ask you that. Was that, was that 90s yeah. or 2000? Or you think it's like late 90s? 
I know it's definitely the, the latest of the nineties. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I'm sure whoever did this list, they were like they were counting. They were like seeing when it was released and shit. Probably like ninety nine. Uh, yeah. Ninety seven. Yeah, because the next two close like gets into like this new era of of R and B, right? Mm-hmm. Which is like the two thousand shit. Yeah. But like the Coffee Browns, the Wifeys. The um Sunshine Anderson. Yeah. Or, oh. or like even that that group Ideal. Yeah. And the Rough Ends songs. Rough end, yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah. All that shit. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. No more VIP. <laughs> <laughs> uh there's a good list though. There's a lot of good songs on here. They don't got Subway um little game we play though. Okay, I can't fuck with this list. Wait, what which one? What song is that? Subway? Oh my god, you guys are bastards. <laughs> Pull it up. Subway, little games we play. It's one of my favorite songs of all time. Bring the girl in. I don't remember this. What? I do remember it, yeah. This guy crooked didn't go to a HBCU. Nah. <laughs> <laughs> I remember this. Uh-huh. This is fire, bro. HBCU. He definitely bringing it down I, to the I feel like I would have remembered a group yeah. named Subway. <laughs> hey, what's from um, Chicago? Was Dirty Rotten Scoundrels on that list? Dirty Rotten Scoundrels. What's yeah. that? Um, pour off to my homies. Oh, oh that's what God. it's called, Dirty Rotten Scoundrels? Oh, that was the group. DSR. Yeah. D- D- DRS, yeah. Dirty Rotten Scoundrels? Yeah. Pour one for the homies? Yeah. I forgot the name of the song, but the name of the... That was one of their biggest hits. for their only hit. my homies. Is it Gangsta Ling? Gangsta Ling, yeah. Yeah. And the video starts off, they like they look like they were about to fucking shoot somebody. <laughs> but then they start singing. It's like West Coast shit. Yeah, but it was big in New York also. Was it West Coast or was it like Texas? Could have been oh, Texas. Yeah, I think it might have been Houston. Or Houston, something. yeah. I mean, they look. But this song was big in New York, though. Yeah, man. big. This on a doo-wop tape. Yeah, I remember this. <laughs> this sounds mass sexual for the for your boys. Yo, fam. <laughs> Bro, Horace Brown. Remember Horace Brown? Horace Brown. That's taste, not on the taste list. Taste your love. Taste your love and the other one. See, didn't he have a games? This is the games we play. Games we, that was Chucky Booker. Yeah, no, Chucky Booker. Oh, what about Big Bub? Even didn't have any hits. Yeah, that one joint. TFC Crew. I was gonna say that. Though. Yeah, man. Because Big Bub is from today. Today, the group yeah. today. That's eighties. Yeah. Wow. Yo, that that CD, the CD of today. If you try to buy it online, hundreds of dollars. Really, hundreds. I of have dollars. the cassette tape. That's crazy. <laughs> That's worth money. Damn. Yeah, a lot of CDs are expensive. Like, there's all these because not out of print. I mean, like for example, like De La Soul. The like you know first three albums. Well, then none of that's streaming. Can't stream on that shit. Mm -hmm. So those CDs are like expensive as fuck. Yep. It's kind of a. I always we always talk about this, but it's a shame that people like the youth can't experience those three albums. Yeah, because I I think they be doing it or something. They like doing like Taylor Swift did. Yeah. Oh, they're re-recording. Re-recording it? it. That's what I heard. I'm not sure. Oh my I know they work with Prince Paul again. It won't they be the same. Yeah. Be like, I mean, I'll support it. Those got to be some of the greatest albums from the '90s. Oh man, those I was, I was just listening to Balloon Mind State yesterday, actually. Mm, that's that such a great album. Yeah. De La Soul is dead. I, I, I was, I was like, that was. A, that's my favorite. 
Anthem of the Summer, the skits, those, everything. Those three albums, their first three are fucking classics, man. Same. Yeah. Fuck. Well, I mean. No, uh, four. I, I didn't like Six as High. Oh, you I gotta go. That was the. Ba- <laughs> <laughs> I, feel like, you know, I feel like that was your era. That was like the backpack movement. And that's when they started working with Jay Dillon. It was yeah, three yeah. percenters. Why did uh-huh. you like it? It, was too it, wasn't, it wasn't the same as the first three, man. It was just. Yeah, I, I, I mean, I'll give you I that. Felt, it wasn't the same. Yeah, I'll give I you felt that. the same way like with Tribe fourth album. Yeah, the, I, I I really didn't like that one. You're right. Beach rhymes in life. You're right. Yeah. No. Mm. No. Was that? That's the. Yeah. That's it was the, that one. Yeah. In life. Yeah. yeah. I wasn't feeling that one. You didn't like that. No. So you just don't like the Jay Dilla sound. At the time, I didn't. Because it was totally from. It was totally opposite of what they was doing before. That's true. And it was just you like grew up to like if you grew up on De La Tribe first three albums, they both did take a left turn with the Dilla stuff. Yeah, absolutely. Which turned out later to be great, but mm-hmm. yeah, it was a left turn in the moment. I mean, it is different. It was like it was, the energy was different to a certain. It was like kind of low too. It wasn't like they was like sounding happy, like yeah, up and up and shit. But then like it was like Dilla, the, it was like the it dark period like, for Dilla. It just got like so. really, really. <laughs> Everything was like slow tempo. It was like the dark period. Yeah, <laughs> I, I, like I'm not a huge Dilla fan. Like a lot of people are. I'm, I, I like it, but I'm not like one of those fanatics. Yeah, but it is. I could see how your tribe called Quest ninety three, nine, no, ninety ninety two, ninety three, ninety four. That era, and then you hear Jay Dilla. I could see how you're maybe a little tired of the music you're making you want something new and then this kid comes along and drops off that beat tape mm-hmm. and you're like, oh, this is the new sound. New, I can see how they, yeah. as creative people, wanted something new and that fit right in and then it, went, it turned into a whole movement. But as a fan, we weren't there when they first heard it so it didn't make a left turn to us. Mm-hmm. But I can see how like they were like, this is unbelievable. We need yeah. to record this. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. I feel like the production was missing some of the warmth from the past three albums when I heard it. Mm-hmm. It sounded like a little cold. Like a little... Like, he sounded... You know? He was new. Yeah. Because you look at Dilla when he did Tribe and Dayla and all that early stuff and then what he became, it sounds very different. Yeah, because the first three albums are bright to me. Yeah. They're like yeah. re- they're like really warm and yeah. bright. Mm-hmm. And then if his like the Dilla era of yeah, like Dayla and it Tribe, started the like the filtered bass muted. Right. Like yeah, yeah. it came like yeah. It, was, yep. it yeah. felt very cold. Mm-hmm. Like almost like very similar to like a like a modern day beat miners a little bit. Like like a black moon sound. Like what they used yeah. to do where they yeah. were filtering the yeah. bass lines and yeah. everything like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Very similar. But yeah, I mean I'm, I'm, what do we know? I'm glad we got you here for that hundred, the top 100. I didn't even make my list. big announcement. Let's do the announcement. I'm coming back to DJing. Oh, shit. Crap it up for greatness. Wait, so back. It's a very anti-climatic announcement. <laughs> 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 the, the streets been waiting for this. I was going to add to it. But you're doing <laughs> something street, special. One street is <laughs> One block, one corner. <laughs> Yo, like, but you, you were working on something with Flex. Yeah, yeah. I got, I, I got. I'm about to make a nice big move in 2023 where I combine my comedy. I'm gonna get back into my DJ and I'm gonna combine it. I'm working on this one man show. I got a lot of stuff coming. I've, I, I, I told Flex it was literally it was weird because I was talking to Flex and he made me verbalize it, which subconsciously was something I was doing. I wanted to be good at comedy before I tried to reinvent some new style. Mm. So now I feel. Bro, I've gone on after Chappelle and feel fine. 
You know what I mean? Damn. So wow. I, you know what I mean? That's I, a fucking flex. Hold I on. feel. Stop, stop, I, no, 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 no. I didn't say I ripped. Oh. <laughs> I, said, I, I said I felt fine. <laughs> I somehow had to close the show, but it was not good. But no, I feel good. Like where I can, I still have a lot to learn, a lot to do, and I want to get better and better and better. But I really feel I've come into a lane where I could go anywhere now and do my shit. Yeah, you yeah. know what I mean? So now that I have that, now I'm gonna start pulling in all my hip hop shit and like combine it and make this whole new comedy thing. Yo, I saw, yeah, there's a lot of like, like T.I.'s doing stand-up. I saw Freddie Gibbs on stage at a comedy club. Really? So I feel like, <laughs> yeah, but the T.I. doing stand-up is like, uh, is he is he really taking it seriously or is he he's mostly, touring with it right he now? Was, yeah, but is he like hosting it like a show more? Like he's just that's a host. Really? That's, that's, he's doing that's very disrespectful. What you're saying? Oh wow, have a routine. Be careful, bro. <laughs> a host in stand up is still a stand up comedian. Mm. Okay, you're right. You're right. Yeah, you're right. You're, you're saying foul shit. No, no, no. Okay. Okay. <laughs> guns were silencers. You got chill. <laughs> Relax. Cypher's trying to separate himself. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't, I don't know. Right this guy. <laughs> that's weird. It's a weird thing being a host. And then people come up to you after the show. Like, I just, uh, a comedian does comedy once during the show. They come up, they do their set, and they leave. I keep coming back, right. doing jokes, and they're like, you were the funniest one of the show. You should do comedy. And I'm like, I, bitch, I just did comedy. <laughs> you think it's different because it was broken up between five different people? So it's, a, it's like a weird thing. They don't think the host is a comedian. It's weird. When you make it to a, a place in, in comedy where they ask you to host, is that like that's a good place, right? It's like is it, they're trusting you to keep the show going. Yeah, like you got to hit but a certain level. You have to be funny enough to keep it going. Yeah, the but whole it, night. it it does like uh it it's it's a it's both. It's good and bad. It's a it's a skill set that a lot of comedians don't have, but also it hinders you from working on uh, a on, set mm. because you only have you shorter time in between. Right, 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 right. But it's, 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 yeah, it's like you're running the show. You're the first person they see. You got to set it off. I'm excited for you to come back and DJ. And hopefully I'll see you. What like, We're going to see more of whatever he's working on. Yeah. I need to go exactly. see you guys live so I can bite your shit. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> if you ever need anything, like you want a screenshot of our playlist or whatever, you know, we got you. Just yeah, that's what I need. Yeah, we'll send Screenshot. it to you. Got well, you man. Go write your I got all the songs. I just need to know where they go. Yeah. Just piece Especially them. the Bad Bunny shit. I need Bad Bunny. Yeah. Just play, <laughs> just play cricket shit. You'll be all right. <laughs> nah, nah, nah. We good. We good. Y'all uh, hit me up, man. At Cypher Sounds. I'll see y'all later. All right. Cypher. I'll be here tomorrow. Right. Thank you so much, right. man. <laughs> I'm here tomorrow. <laughs> Thanks for tuning into The Road Podcast. Don't forget, every Wednesday, we have new episodes on all major streaming platforms. And every Thursday, the video versions go up on our YouTube page. Please subscribe to our channel, youtube.com slash roadpodcast. And to find exclusive clips of the pod, please visit youtube.com slash DJ City. And we'll see you next Wednesday.